The good news for today, if you're an investor, the markets are closed. So no trading. <laughs> Whatever it was worth before, other than futures trading, it's what it's worth now. Markets are closed for the Christmas holiday. It's funny, they don't like to talk about Christmas, but they love taking the day off. So, a little bit about this past year. We'll go through a list. I think Joe Conchie hit it, hit it on the head with some that, that are not as popular, and you have to wonder if you're if you're sitting in a media, if you're sitting in a, a media entity like CNN or something else, you have to. I, I often wonder why you would choose to suppress or ignore stories, especially when your job is to be competitive. You're trying to get a pool of advertising dollars. Those advertising dollars support your endeavor, unless your endeavor is propped up in some way or support. I, I, I'm not. I'm not saying they are, but they've lost. They've shed viewership. They've especially since Trump's not in office. They've lost a lot of viewership. That's how they they made money. But you have to wonder. You would think being the person to break a story would be the sign of success to draw people to you. I mean, during during the entirety of the COVID lockdowns, you would have thought someone who was at least suspect of what the World Health Organization was saying, or suspect of what China was saying, or suspect of what people were saying about the vaccines and the, the lack of testing. But in the the urgency of the day and in, in their vision of being altruistic and saving lives, they just did whatever the government said. Hey, we need you to go run this story that this vaccine is 100% going to stop it. Remember in the early parts, it was like, oh, yes, it'll prevent you from spreading it. This vaccine, oh, yes, it saves lives, does all that stuff. And But it's healthy to be suspicious. It's healthy to ask questions. We should always ask questions. It's one of the fun – it's not just a right. It's, it's something that really you should do in life. You want to. Your kids do that. You, let, you put boundaries up, but you let them ask questions. It's part of the inquisitive nature of being human. So this leads us over to – you know, the looking back at this past year, what was that like from a media standpoint, and 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 where did we go wrong? Just when you thought the polarization and uh, partisanship permeating the media industry couldn't possibly get any worse, it absolutely did so in 2022. And this is by Joe Concha over at the Hill. The sad part is the trend will not reverse itself anytime soon. How bad are things these days for the industry? In October. New York Times poll shows that 60% of voters view the media as a threat to democracy. And I want you to think about that because that's not just Republicans out there and it's not just unaffiliated. There's a lot of people that believe the media is a serious problem for the country. With that backdrop, here are the five top news stories of 2022, even if the national press covered some of them very lightly. Number five, the crisis at the U.S. southern border. The numbers are simply staggering. I want you to put this in context. North Carolina has a little over 10 million people. Take half the population of North Carolina and use them as an invading force in any country in the world, and that would be a story. But here, it barely ranks anywhere in news coverage. More than 5 million migrants have crossed into the U.S. in the first two years of the Biden administration. To put that into perspective, 27 U.S. states don't even have a total population of 5 million people. Meanwhile, the $1.7 trillion omnibus spending package passed by the Senate contains nothing in terms of border security through walls or fences. This despite more than 850 migrants having died trying to cross the U.S. border in the past year. Imagine two fully loaded jetliners with 400 people on them crashing. That would be national news. But eight, that many people dying crossing these fences... Not a problem. Despite more than 100,000 Americans dying of overdoses fueled by fentanyl, much of that comes across the border through Mexico after being produced in China. 
Meanwhile, U.S. Customs and Border Protection reported 98 Border Patrol encounters with non-U.S. citizens on the terror watch list. 98. I mentioned 11 earlier. 98. Actual number. Terror watch list. Those are the ones they found. Hundreds more. Likely here. Most of the national media simply ignored those stories. President Biden also has no interest, as seen in his refusal to visit the border, to assess the situation. Number four, President Biden's handlers. Hiding him from the media. President Biden had a decent year. He was looking at a red wave in the House and losing the Senate, but Republicans underperformed in the House and Democrats main control of the Senate. So one would think the president would finally be more accessible to the press. Instead, he's given exactly one interview since the midterms. Did you know that? One. And that was to Drew Barrymore, actress turned talk show host. As for press conferences, the president finished the year with five press conferences. For context, Donald Trump had 35 solo press conferences in his final year in office. Will any of that change this year? Do you see the president, for instance, speaking to the American public more or less? I mean, he had a, why should he? The less he speaks, the better he does. The less he answers questions, the better off he is, the better Democrats are. So you have to wonder, are there any consequences to making bad decisions for Biden? Number three, the January 6th hearings. They preempt everything. The January 6th hearings blotted out all regular programming in 2022. And when a news event such as a hurricane threatened to take the hearings off center stage, the committee simply postponed the hearings. The hearings were highly partisan, for instance, not allowing for cross-examination of witnesses. The committee also hired a former ABC News president and producer James Goldston, whose job, as described by the New York Times, was to, quote, help the House committee produce TV-ready segments for all its public hearings, end quote. In the meantime... In the end, the committee didn't move the needle of public opinion. Republicans, Trump supporters ignored the hearings, and Democrats embraced them. That's it. Number two, cable news network's oldest network undergoes a complete overhaul, or does it? (laughs) CNN saw big changes in 2022. Its its top-rated anchor, Chris Cuomo, was jettisoned right before the new year began last year. The network was sold to Discovery, which promised to bring it back into journalism and away from being the kind of hack network it had become. <laughs> but did it. it, 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 it uh, you know, most notably, top hosting combinators also were shown the door. Most notably, media critic Brian Stelter, senior legal analyst Jeffrey Tubin, and editor-at-large Chris Saliza, all gone. Would they, ret- would they come back? CNN's new president, Chris Lick, has made numerous other changes, but so far the network continues to see viewership and profits plummet to new lows. With the 2024 campaign season beginning in earnest in early 23, the question will be, can CNN cover both Democrats and Republicans with any sense of fairness or any objectivity? It promised to do that. Can it do it? The Twitter files, and this is great. We'll talk more about the Twitter files later. But right now, what's interesting is about the FBI. Elon Musk's tenure as Twitter CEO may be ending, but it has already been profoundly consequential after Musk released damning emails and documents that appear to show shadow banning, which is censorship and de-amplification of conservatives. The Twitter files also document how then-President Trump was banned from the platform for incitement, despite some officials stating it was unwarranted, while others compared him to Hitler. The seventh installment of the Twitter file shows that the FBI consistently pressured Twitter to provide agents access to user data in the weeks leading up to the election. The agency was also, by the way, that's just as the seventh installment. We'll talk more about that. The agency was also in regular contact with Twitter executives at the time to warn of the damning contents of the Hunter Biden laptop having the hallmarks of Russian disinformation. 
which was later verified actually as an actual laptop by multiple news organizations after the New York Post original reported it in October 2020 and was dismissed. On cue, the major broadcast networks, along with CNN and MSNBC, have mostly ignored the Twitter files or dismissed them as old news. Nothing should come as a surprise anymore when it comes to overt media bias. But the lack of interest from the press in this massive bombshell still manages to shock. And you have to think about that. The Hunter Biden lab, remember we had 50 intel officials come out and tell us during the year, or actually during the election, ah, that's just Russian disinformation. And you have to wonder why have those 50 folks either not issued an apology or lost their security clearance. These are people that that at some point had something to do with protecting our country, and they couldn't even figure out a simple laptop story. That elevator doesn't go to the top floor. They are a few sandwiches short of a full picnic. That circle ain't a circle. These people had a bias that pushed a propaganda-ridden narrative that was completely patently false to the American public. And that's alarming. I mean, it's beyond alarming. It's, it's just seriously compromised. Seriously compromised. Good day. Beautiful day. Brisk December, one of the final days of the year. It's a shame we get all reflective and don't just experience December this week, you know, on a day-by-day basis. It could be a lot of fun. I do want to get into, it, it's going to take a little time to get into, the Twitter files, the new version of the Twitter files, and Matt Taibbi, uh, he put it out there the day before Christmas. You know, Christmas Eve, he dropped about 30 tweets on, on, on kind of putting together the pieces of the FBI the DOD, the CIA, all uh, other OGAs, other government agencies, and even including the uh, Combating Foreign Influence, which is the Foreign Influence Task Force, FITF. You'll hear more about this. We'll go through this. It's damning. I mean, it's absolutely damning. And at the very least, the leaders of these organizations need to be called to, to task. Who was calling the shots? Who was the minister of propaganda? Where did the buck stop? You know, we already have a president who doesn't believe it has anything to do with anything. Uh, only if it's good, he gets credit. If it's bad, you know, he, he, it's someone else's fault or he's not in control of it. Gas prices go down. It's due to him. If they go up, it's out of my control. But who was who was responsible? Remember, Trump was in office at this time, and government agencies were acting outside of their jurisdiction and telling media types what could and not it wasn't just Twitter in these in these emails and in these things it's Twitter it's Google it's it's Facebook it's Meta it's all of these big tech are being told what is true and what is not true from this group speak ministry of truth within the US government outside the bounds of of operational control of of any kind of citizen reporting so ultimately, the elected officials are the ones that are supposed to be at the top, that are supposed to oversee the operations of all these bureaucrat types. But clearly, that wasn't the case. Uh, so I'll get, I'll get to Victor Davis Hansen's piece first. And then the second part of the hour, I want to go through Tlaibi's tweets. I think it's important for you to hear what all was being done. And that's just the, the latest version. The other ones, the first six versions of the quote-unquote Twitter files that are largely ignored by media. Those are pretty damning, but when you tie them all together, it's, it's bad. The FBI on this is uh, from American Greatness. The FBI, and a lot of people can't stand Hansen for some of the stuff he writes, but it's good. 
The FBI on Wednesday finally broke its silence and responded to the revelations on Twitter of close ties between the Bureau and the social media giant, ties that included efforts to suppress information and censor political speech. Quote, and this is the FBI's response, the correspondence between the FBI and Twitter showed nothing more than examples of our traditional longstanding and ongoing federal government and private sector engagements, which involve numerous companies over multiple sectors and industries, the Bureau said. As evidenced in the correspondence, the FBI provides critical information to the private sector in an effort to allow them to protect themselves and their customers. The men and women of the FBI work every day to protect the American public. It is unfortunately unfortunate that conspiracy theorists and others are feeding the American public misinformation with the sole purpose of attempting to discredit the agency. That's, that's their response. Nowhere in it do they deny what they did. They, there's not a denial there. But let's go on to what Hansen says. Almost all of the FBI communique is untrue except the phrase about the Bureau's engagements, which involve numerous companies over multiple sectors and industries. Future disclosures will no doubt reveal similar FBI subcontracting with other social media concerns of Silicon Valley to stifle free expression and news deemed problematic to the FBI's agenda. The FBI did not merely engage in correspondence with Twitter to protect the company and its customers. Instead, it effectively hired Twitter to suppress free expression of some of its users, as well as news stories deemed unhelpful to the Biden campaign. To the degree that the Bureau's requests sometimes even exceeded those of Twitter's own left-wing censors, the FBI did not wish to help Twitter protect themselves, given the Bureau's Twitter liaisons were often surprised at the FBI's bold request to suppress the expression of those who had not violated Twitter's biased terms of service. The FBI and its helpers on the left now reboot the same boilerplate about conspiracy theories and misinformation. Smears that they used against anyone who rejected the FBI-fed Russia collusion hoax and the Bureau's peddling of the Russian disinformation lie to suppress accurate pre-election news about the authenticity of Hunter Biden's laptop. The FBI is now tragically in free fall. Now, that's true. Now, regardless of, of your political, where you fall in the spectrum, the FBI isn't, from a leadership standpoint and from a trusted American, stand, uh, American public standpoint, the FBI, from a leadership standpoint, is completely in free fall. The public is at the point first of asking what improper or illegal behavior will the Bureau not do? And what, if anything, must be done to reform or save a once great but now discredited agency? Consider the last four directors. Let's do that. Let's look at the last four directors of the FBI. The public faces of the FBI for the last 22 years. Ex-director Robert Mueller testified before Congress that he simply would not or could not talk about the fraudulent Steele dossier. He claimed that it was not the catalyst for his special counsel investigation of Trump's alleged ties with the Russians when it was. Mueller also testified that he was not familiar with Fusion GPS, although Glenn Simpson's opposition research firm subsidized the dossier through various cutouts that led back to Hillary Clinton's campaign. And the, stole, the, the skullduggery of the FBI subsidized dossier helped force the, the appointment of Mueller himself. Had there been no steel dossier, there would have been no investigator, there would have been no Mueller. While under oath, Mueller's successor, James Comey, on 245 occasions claimed that he, quote, could not remember, could not recall, or did not owe when asked simple questions fundamental to his own involvement in the Russia collusion hoax. Comey, remember, he memorialized a confidential conversation with Trump on an FBI device and then used a third party to leak it to the New York Times. In his words, the purpose was to force a special counsel appointment. 
That gamble worked, and his friend and predecessor Mueller got the job. 24 months, $40 million later, Mueller's investigation tore the country apart, but could find no evidence that Trump or Steele alleged colluded with the Russians in any way. Comey also seems to have reassured the president that he was not the target of an investigation when he was. Comey was never indicted for misleading or lying to a congressional committee or leaking a document considered classi- classified and confidential. While under oath, his next his successor, Andrew McCabe, on a number of occasions, flat out lied to federal investigations, or as the Office of the Inspector General put it, as detailed, and this is actually lifted from the report, from the actual report. As detailed in the report, the OIG found that the then-Deputy Director McCabe lacked candor, including under oath on multiple occasions in connection with describing his role in connection with a disclosure to the Wall Street Journal, and that his conduct violated FBI Offense Codes 2.5-2.6. The OIG concluded that McCabe's disclosure of the existence of an ongoing investigation constituted misconduct. McCabe purportedly believed Trump was working with the Russians as a spy, a false accusation based entirely on the FBI's paid, incoherent Christopher Steele. Note, the FBI ruined the lives of General Michael Flynn and Carter Page with false allegations of criminal conduct or untruthful testimonies. Under current Director Christopher Wray, the FBI has surveilled parents at school board meetings on the prompt of the National School Boards Association, whose president wrote Attorney General Merrick Garland alleging that bothersome parents upset over critical race indoctrination groups were supposedly violence-prone or terrorist. Under Ray, the FBI staged the psychodramatic Mar-a-Lago raid on an ex-president's home. The FBI likely leaked the post-facto myths that the seized documents contained nuclear codes or nuclear secrets. Under Ray... The FBI performed, perfected the performance art, humiliating public arrest of former White House officials or Biden administration opponents, whether it was the nocturnal rousling of Project Veritas James O'Keefe in his underwear or the arrest with leg restraints of Peter Navarro at the Reagan National Airport for misdemeanor contempt of Congress charge, or the detention of Trump election lawyer John Eastman at a restaurant with his family and confiscation of his phone. O'Keefe nor Eastman either have been charged with any crimes. <laughs> There's just so much here. Good afternoon. I am your host, Chad Adams, sitting in for Pete Counter. Glad to be here on WBT. Bernie cranking some tunes. It is a beautiful day. I'll be, it's, it's seasonably appropriate now. For those who are recovering from burst pipes and Adverse uh, freezing conditions. It's always a strange thing, isn't it? When something cold going to burst your pipes. And I remember my dad saying, "Open, open underneath the sink. You got to open those and let the air get to it." And and if you, it's just both uh, broken pipes are a pain, <laughs> absolute pain to deal with. So, hope you guys are recovering, especially out there in in Charlotte world, because it looks like uh, a lot of busted pipes happened out there across across the area. Now, I want to get to these Twitter files. They're the one thing for those of you unfamiliar with that media platform, it's a very limited. You have to it teaches you, if nothing else, to write succinctly. You can only have X number of characters. I think uh, actually it, it seems a little longer now that Elon's there, but still, you have to speak and rather you have to make your point, and you can post a link or re, you know repeat what other people said. But it's a very quick way. If you want to write multiple things, then you have to have multiple. Entry. So you enter one, you add another one, you add another one, you add another one, and it's just a string. They call it a thread. So Matt Taibbi, who is one of the two folks out there, uh, well, I think I'm being. 
Chris, so I, so it's Chris doing the tunes. I said it was Bernie. It's Chris. I just found out it's Chris. So Chris is the one that it's got the uh, the tunes coming out today on the show. Now, but Matt Taibbi is one of two folks, Barry Weiss being the other, that have been tasked with looking through all of these government-related Twitter entries. And I'm sure the FBI and others never dreamed that the public would learn the full extent to which the FBI was trying to prevent certain people's messaging from getting out and to stop in conservatives and, and that it was using government resources and multiple agencies to do so. And when you go through these things, it, it, it just boggles the mind because it's not just Twitter. So if you look at this, after weeks of Twitter files reports detailing close coordination between the FBI and Twitter in moderating content, the Bureau issued a statement on Wednesday. It, it wrote, the FBI... And here's the statement. The men and women of the FBI work every day to protect the American public. It's unfortunate that conspiracy theorists and others are feeding the American public misinformation, uh, attempting to discredit the agency. But as Matt Taibbi points out, it didn't refute the allegations. Instead, it denied and decried conspiracy theorists publishing misinformation. It didn't say that, it, it, that they didn't do anything that they're alleged to have done. It didn't, it did, they didn't deny anything. They said it's a shame. It's a shame blah, blah, blah happened, but they didn't deny because they could be held to account for that. If they had actually said, we deny any of this, well, there's, it's not. It's there. They must think, a lot of us, unambitious. If our sole aim is to discredit the FBI, after all, a whole range of government agencies discredit themselves in the Twitter files. Why well, stop with one? Matt Taibbi writes. He also writes, the files show that the FBI acting as a doorman to a vast program of social media surveillance and censorship encompassing agencies across the federal government from the State Department to the Pentagon to the CIA. The operation is far bigger than reported. 80 members of the Foreign Influence Task Force, the FITF, which also facilitates requests from a wide array of smaller actors from local cops to media to state governments. Twitter had so much contact with so many agencies that executives lost track. Is today the DOD and tomorrow the FBI? Is it weekly call or is the monthly meeting? It was dizzying. In fact, if you read it, is this there, they, he actually has text messages. Uh, is this for the Department of Defense? No, that's a different group. We'll reply to that in a second. Well, maybe you should prep the call for this other agency. I mean, when you read through these, they're just time. I hope you're doing well. Would it possibly be, could you add this agency and another agency to the invite for the monthly United States government industry call? You read through these files, it's just a, a chief end result was that thousands of official reports flowed to Twitter from all over through the FITF and the FBI San Francisco field office. On June 29th of 2020, during the election, San Francisco FBI agent Elvis Chan wrote to a pair of Twitter execs asking if he could invite another government agency to an upcoming conference. Hey, I wanted to follow up. This is his actual text. I want to follow email. I want to see if we could forward this to an invitation to another government agency, OGA. Specifically, the people from, and it's redacted, former employer were inquiring, former employer meaning the CIA. So, Chan, uh, OGA means other government organization, can be a euphemism for CIA, according to multiple former intelligence officials and contractors. Chuckles, one, they think it's mysterious, but it's just as conspicuous. Other government agency, the place where I worked for 27 years, he referred to, says retired CIA officer Ray McGovern. It was an open secret at Twitter that one of its executives was ex-CIA, which is why Chan referred to the executive as a former employer. The first Twitter executive abandoned any pretense to stealth and emailed that the employees used to work for the CIA. Senior legal executives Stacia Cardillo, whose alertness stood out among Twitter leaders, replied, I know, and I thought my silence was understood. It's just, you read through this and it's like, 
they had it was it was Microsoft, it was Facebook. I mean, it was all of these different, and the FBI was directing them on what they could and could not. What who people like I didn't get censored, but other people did, and they said you they they just shut them down. We we are saying shut them down. So the FBI was using its power to control narratives. It, it, uh, Facebook, Microsoft, Verizon, Reddit, even Pinterest, and many others, industry players also held regular meetings without the government. One of the most common forums was a regular meeting of the multi-agency foreign influence task force attended by groups of executives, FBI personnel, and nearly always one of the two attendees, attendees marked OGA. And you look at this, so from Elvis Chan, the guy in San Francisco, you look at these emails and it's got like 35 people from uh, different government agencies basically directing Twitter what it can and can't do. The meeting agendas virtually always included at or near the beginning of the briefing, usually about foreign matters. So when you look at that, despite the official remit being foreign influence, the foreign influence federal task force in the San Francisco FBI office became conduit for mountains of domestic moderate moderation requests from state government. In other words, they're supposed to be looking at foreign stuff. That's the foreign influence task force. They were monitoring domestic stuff and telling, uh, forbidding people from tweeting. And so this this goes on and on and on. Um, David, uh, and you have to wonder, as the election got closer, Twitter got inundated with so many requests, hundreds of problems. In other words, the FBI was saying, you need to remove these hundred accounts. We say they're Russian disinformation or bots or whatever. What we say they are, they're dang. We consider them dangerous. You remove them. It's very big brother, and it's very un-American. And there should be some kind of consequence for this because so many people were involved. They really got to the point that there were FBI agents day to day who were looking at room and they weren't removing Nicholas Maduro. They weren't removing Vladimir Putin. They weren't removing the Ayatollah from Iran. They weren't removing dangerous Chinese operatives. They were removing Americans who were involved in disagreeing with the Biden campaign or were disagreeing with the steel dossier or, or agreeing with the sitting president. Those were the people the FBI was concerned about getting and removing from an ability to communicate standpoint. <coughs> Our FBI Baltimore identified these Twitter handles and tweets, which appear to provide misleading information on time, place and manner of voting in the upcoming elections. We believe they may violate your terms of service and wanted to bring them to your attention. We would appreciate any feedback. Elvis, that's the field office guy. In other words, they spent time at monitoring these people and then asking Twitter to remove them. And Twitter gladly did. There are so many government requests. Twitter employees had to improvise a system for prioritizing. In fact, in other words, Dozens of agents, dozens of agents were doing this on a regular basis. Ugh, it's dizzying. It's frustrating. And you know what? A lot of people just don't care. They just, they're like, ah, boring Twitter. We don't care. Social media, they're a bunch of lefties anyway. You know, as I, as I go through this, I've gone through most most of the Twitter stuff. Here's here's what's interesting to me. This is me, okay? I, I've got my own confirmation bias issue that we try to get around and, and try to have... If you want to get on the conversation at 704-570-1110, 570-1110, here at News Talk 1110-993-WBT. It, always a pleasure, honor, love doing it. And, and I've got my own... When I read through it, here's what amazes me. 
I get, this is going to come as a shock to some of you, I understand why many in the media don't run this story. I, I understand. Now, it's because we have the attention span of a gnat in what we like to see on our evening news. And the three-letter the three-letter news sources, ABC. Now, this should be a great piece for 60 Minutes. But instead, what, what they'll say is this is old news. This isn't sexy. This isn't intriguing. It doesn't, it doesn't captivate an audience. Because you have to dig through it. The, the, the short version of the story is you have, an, you have a very complex censorship operation driven by U.S. government operatives that are supposed to be looking at foreign influence and instead are directing their attention at U.S. citizens and completely shutting down U.S. citizens' ability, certain U.S. citizens, conservative U.S. citizens' ability to communicate. You remember Lois Lerner admitting under oath that her agency targeted conservative organizations from a tax standpoint and would go after those uh, any any conservative organizations' tax status. And that was okay. It wasn't sexy. Nobody really cared. Uh, CNN didn't care about it. MSNBC, ABC, NBC, CBS, all the three-letter guys. They, they just – it's not to them – Sexy. Is it important? Yes. Is it critical that when the, when the weaponization of a government agency takes place, most people tune out unless it happens to them? You know, it's, 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 it's a fascinating disconnect we as Americans have, even with our fellow Americans, because this is a fundamental encroachment of our First Amendment rights of free expression. And we go, well, I wasn't on Twitter. I wasn't posting that stuff. So, eh. Not a big deal. I feel, I feel most people, if asked, say, if you say, hey, could, do you feel you have access to good information? Conservative or liberal, they would say yes. Oh, yeah. If they're conservative, they say, hey, I go to Fox News. I go to, I go to a couple other places. You know, And the people on the left would say, I go to CNN. I go to MSNBC. I get to catch up on my Joy Reid and my racist tirade from the left. So they don't feel like they're being I – mean, how can you claim you're being – removed from information if you didn't know the information exists. In other words, most of the American public kind of shrugs and goes, yeah, they're pushing down. They're pushing down on conservatives. And most on the left would say that's not happening. There's plenty of opportunity because Fox News exists. But they, they're missing the fundamental part that's, that they've lost an important connection to. They've lost the important connection to those rights that we have. They're not rights given to us by government. Their rights given to us by our creator, we're endowed with certain inalienable rights. These rights are, are, are things the government doesn't have the right to do to you. But unless there's a prosecutorial way, and now uh, January 6th was a horrible event. It's the, the same people that prosecuted, went nuts over January 6th, didn't care that America burned for a year prior, that city streets were destroyed, that businesses were destroyed, that people were killed. They didn't care about that. That January 6th, they felt the U.S. government could be overthrown with not even a gunshot being fired. I mean, think about how weak that makes the that the if you're a foreign national and you're looking at this going, wow, they really believe their country could be overthrown without a shot being fired. Mm, America must be much easier to defeat and more fragile than anyone believed. You know, you have a projection of strength that just wouldn't have, wasn't going to happen. It, it, that's foolish to think it was going. It wasn't going to happen. There was no overthrow of the U.S. government. It wasn't even close. But they want you to believe that. But if January 6th was important, why isn't U.S. government agencies crushing and stifling free speech important? To the same people that believe January 6th was important, why isn't 
censorship important? It's a first right being removed completely, and it's because of who it was removed. Imagine if there was the same suppression of LGBTQ anything or racial anything. If Black Lives Matter wasn't was, was suppressed and the U.S. government used force to stop the messaging of any leftist groups out there, I mean, Elizabeth Warren would be screaming to the closest CNN microphone. They all would. It would not go unpunished in some way. And that's the problem. The U.S. government, excuse me, our elected leaders should be blind with respect to who's being blinded. They should be on the front line saying, I don't care. I may disagree with you. I think it was de Tocqueville or Voltaire. One, I think it was Voltaire. I may disagree with what you're saying, but I'll go to my death defending your right to say it. I'm, I'm amazed that Don Lemon persists on air. I'm amazed that Joy Reid persists. I'm amazed that these hate-filled mechanisms exist on a day-to-day basis. But do I, do I want to use the power of the government to remove them? No. I like the power of the free market to remove them. That's different. <laughs> if, if advertisers stop advertising. But even with the way Twitter, I mean, it, it's starting to, the, these, 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 or these large big tech firms are starting to act like many governments. But if they're being directed by the government, that's that's the kind of collusion that should terrify you. Not this Keystone Cops Russian collusion disinformation stuff. It should be that your government acting hand in foot with large big tech corporations and big tech corporations either being dumb enough or ignorant enough or I don't know. It makes no sense why they would listen. You know what, the, what they should say when the FBI and the CIA say, hey, we want you to shut down these accounts. Say hell with you. No way. We're not going to shut down the accounts. Why don't you find me some real terrorists? We'll shut down those, baby. Maybe we'll look at Nicholas Maduro. Maybe we'll look at... we got to take a break. We're up against the top of the hour. Third hour getting ready to be underway. Stay tuned. Chad Adams sitting in for Pete Callender. We'll be back after this. Thank <laughs> you. 